considering if i was gonna sing again in this one i don't think i'm gonna do that again uh, i don't like to repeat bits but uh hello and welcome to into riverdale your favorite riverdale rewatch podcast as always i am two-thirds of your host and it's a shame we don't have three hosts so i could make a joke about a threesome but i'm daniel and joining me is that other third jesse hi i'm i'm tony topaz i'm gonna have a weird try to have a threesome on a st- stage Right? What was that? I don't know. Like, I mean, well, Tony, I mean, at least Sweet Pea could have gotten some action if she didn't think about Cheryl last second. But Yeah, Sweet Pea was, like, fully down to his boxers. That was pretty funny. Sweet Pea? Okay. Sw- let me, okay, let me, I want to pour one out for Sweet Pea in this episode, because he yeah. doesn't get oh, a lot true. of sweet things. I want to pour one out for her, because, like, first off... He he admits like hey to to Josie, which I I feel like should have done in a different setting, but mm-hmm. like like hey like I feel like I feel like we had something and it and it's just all of a sudden you went with uh with Archie seemingly no out of nowhere, which is a very strong point to bring again maybe not the best you know setting right. for it. I mean, who is angry about it? Yeah, <laughs> he, like she, the whole time she was like, this is a summer fling. I don't really want a real relationship. And then he sees her, like, dating Archie. Yeah, I'd be pissed, too. Yeah, which is, I think, is, you know, both a reasonable and mature reaction. So that's one scene with Sweet Pea. The second scene with Sweet Pea is he was almost going to get some with, I don't know, two very attractive people. Yeah, that would have been legendary. In in high school, (laughs) Tony Topaz and the the clearly lesbian (laughs) Pretty Poison that we clocked way earlier. Yeah, like... Like, you know, like, it would have been not only legendary, but I think would have been pretty fun for all of them. They seemed all pretty down for it. And, like, yep. And then I guess Cheryl had to sing. Uh, then Cheryl had to sing. Yeah. Um. In, in summary of this episode, and then Cheryl had to sing. Yeah, that was this whole episode. <laughs> Cheryl had to sing, okay, we're done. We're done. There's nothing else. Nothing else plot relevant. Yeah. No, I'm joking. Yeah. Uh, I, I promise we will jump into this in just a sec. But Jesse, you mentioned before we started recording that you've actually listened to the Heather soundtrack. Um. So I just want to get a confirmation from you. Are all these songs from Heather's? Yes, uh, the ones that okay. all the ones that they've sung, except for my favorite one, which is the "Dang Dang Diggy Dang" one. Right. Um, I just some some of the lyrics to some of these songs felt almost too on the nose. Well, for it's Riverdale a Broadway show, so I was I wasn't sure if uh, <laughs> I wasn't sure if like maybe they were mixing in some original pieces with the Heather songs, so, like, or if it was all Heather's. From but. what I remember. And I, mm-hmm. trust me, this was like a year ago, maybe. But like you had mm-hmm. the you had seventeen again was a good one. Right. They made a brief homage to the where all the heathers are like kind of halfway fighting, right? Um, which which also was a TikTok sound for a little bit. Like shut up, Heather. Sorry, Heather. Thank you know, like that mm-hmm. one. They made it like something with that, and <clears throat> like they had one that I think is 
possibly part of it, but it was boring. And I know they had a couple boring ones, which was like mm-hmm. inciting incident songs, which didn't really mm-hmm. have much going on with it. But like, yeah, I've, no, they they did a, just a worse job, I think, with the songs on this one. I mean, in in their defense, Jesse, um, Broadway trained singers are on a different level vocally than most other singers anywhere. Um, and I don't know that it's fair to to hold well, actors that happen to also sing to that standard. Okay, okay, no, no, okay. So here's here's my here here's here's my defense of saying that mm-hmm. there is a difference between like you know expecting them to be like Broadway level like you know musical singers. I'm not expecting that. I'm just expecting them to get the songs well enough for me to want to listen to them again. That's it. Mm. Like, and they didn't do that for me. All right. You know, like I'm not well, a big fan of musicals, uh, but if I'm going to listen to it, I want it to be catchy and fun or, you know, excite. Like the- Hamilton. I fucking hate Hamilton. But, <laughs> oh God. Oh God. I hate Hamilton, but, but it's catchy. It Hamilton is like technically well-written songs. I disagree with it in every single aspect, <laughs> but like, I've also heard they're well written. I still don't like to listen to them. To be I, honest, no, I don't. Well, I don't like listening to them because like, I don't like Lin Manuel at all. I just mm-hmm. don't like them. I'm, I'm just talking about like strictly from a musical standpoint. From, I don't think from, they're very good. Still, from I've I've been told from that like in a music theory way they are, but I so, like. Auditorily, I don't think they're listening good. to Just them me. separated out and listening like lyrically. I think that they mm-hmm. are sound songs. I mm-hmm. think that if I was in a setting where I had to watch Hamilton like live, I'd be okay with it. Like, I had to shut my brain off, maybe be like incredibly high. Yeah, but, I, but mm, like, but like, I just, I just like, disagree with the entire politics of the show. Yeah. So, like, you know, it makes it a little hard for me to you know, get into it. Right. I mean, I, I do as well, but I watched when they finally put it on Disney plus the like recording, which I don't know why Broadway doesn't do more of those, but that's a different conversation. I like watch it. I try to keep an open mind about it. I just like musically, I just didn't feel there was like one or two songs I thought were pr- kind of cool. And then the rest, I was like, this is really boring to listen to. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I like it when people make fun of some of the bad ones. So maybe mm. that's it. I like the the people making fun of it more a little bit. But no, uh, they had the they have a couple of them that I think are pretty good, and the rest are like you know eh. And I think if it wasn't yeah, I, Lynn I, I have doing it, I'm, I mean I also famously uh, have bad taste in music. So like, well, just because I don't like it doesn't mean much. Well, yeah, but also like I think you should be able to recognize when a Broadway do- show does like what it's set out to do. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I could probably watch a Broadway show and say like, because like I could watch a movie that I know is technically good but I don't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and you should be able to do that with like a Broadway show, right? Like, I feel like you should be able to do that with a lot of stuff because, like, I know I have taste in music that is technically bad, but I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. There, there are like movies I've seen, where, like art house films, where I'm like, I get where they're what they're doing, and I understand like what value this brings. It's not for me. For Hamilton, I was just like, I don't get it at all. I it, just, I don't. It just someone felt- was telling me that like. There's a lot of different musical sources being pulled for all the different tracks, depending on which character is singing the part. 
which sounds cool. I didn't pick up on any of that. I guess I'm not a music nerd, so I wouldn't have picked up on those influences. So it just sounded like kind of okay songs. I don't know. Yeah. That's I, just my hot take. I, like, I think honestly, like, if you didn't listen to with a Lynn Monwell mm-hmm. version of it, it sounds a lot better because I heard that. Oh, the yeah, later for sure. Lynn's a terrible singer. I could no, pick no, that no, he's No, he's definitely one of those people who grew up rich who thinks he should be in the middle of the thing. Now, that being said, I think he's a good actor. Like, when I see him acting, he's not bad. What has he acted in? Um, He's in the uh, Golden Compass show. Um, I oh. like him a lot in that. I like. I honestly like his character a lot in that. Um, now his his like vaguely Texas accent is like, eh. but like, but like as a character, he can emote really well, and I feel like he does a good job on that. But like as a singer, no. I mean, he just straight up like multiple times during the recording on Disney Plus, he gets drowned out by the chorus line. It's very funny. Now, now that being said, sorry, but I'm just this is the last thing I have to say about Lynn. Yeah. Um, I do think uh his work on the Moana soundtrack. He has a couple of just straight up like bangers that I think about all the time. Like you're welcome and shiny. Yeah. Are just Again, he's seen like from what I've been told by people who know more about music than me, he is a technically proficient composer. Yeah, I don't like technically proficient sometimes. Sometimes I want messy yeah. and weird. <laughs> so like my other my other extremely hot take was that I didn't super care for Moana, but uh, like, <laughs> I, not like not like in a bad way or anything. It's just like I watched it well, also, I think I maybe had sex halfway through it and didn't catch the back half. Oh, but <laughs> no, okay, okay. Here's the thing with Moana. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. up until it gets about to the middle, it's yeah. like eh, it's just a Disney movie. But towards the end, it's, that that was my impression yeah. was it was very much just a Disney movie. Like, I feel like I've been here yeah. before. Just like towards the end, they do like a little bit more mm. fun. It's still very Disney, but they do some mm. fun stuff later on with it. Right. Um, and also, I'm just a big. I also, I've just been a big fan of the uh, Maui, uh, like folk stories for a long time, like mm-hmm. the legends and stuff. I've just been a big mm-hmm. fan of that. So, like it, it was nice having some of that shown, um, in you know some yeah. form. But that yeah. being said, let's talk about this episode. I don't like a lot. Let's talk about this episode. This is Riverdale season three, episode sixteen, chapter fifty one. Big fun. Which Evelyn repeats several times, um, I, okay, as like a noun, and it was very strange. Do you think that that was supposed to be like some sort of um, what word? Neurolinguistic training? Mm, no, because I think that is a level too high for Riverdale conceptually. <laughs> because like, because like, good like cult people, like you can hear yeah. it if you talk, if you like listen to like L. Ron right, Hubbard. Yeah, they have like talk. speech patterns that yeah. are part of the indoctrination. Yeah, yeah, I get like that. It, I just yeah, like maybe I don't know. Maybe they're trying to get no. Uh, yeah, I, I think it was trying to. They were trying to split the difference between because big funds are lyric from Heather's, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they actually sing that song in here at some point. So, like, I think it was trying to split the difference between, all right, we want her to say something that sounds kind of culty, but we want it to be a Heather's lyric. And so they landed on Big Fun, and they just sort of awkwardly had her say, we're going to have Big Fun now. Uh, I don't know. It feels it feels very much, she, she feels very much like uh, the youth pastor trying to indoctrinate people mm-hmm. in this, which I guess is part of this story, but, like... So, um, I actually don't hate this opening. This opening isn't so bad. Stupid. This opening isn't yeah. bad. I don't hate so, it. So, we open with uh, Hermione uh, at Principal Weatherby's office saying, this play is 
totally inappropriate to put on is about teen sex and death and suicide, all the things that are currently plaguing the actual Riverdale High. We should not put it on. And Kevin's like, no, 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 it's about a rejection of all those things and a yearning for the past. Please just listen to the f- these few lyrics. And then they go into a full-out musical number. Which is, I think this is actually pretty well done. I, I think that the... Uh, Yo, shout out to this thick-ass baddie in the background dancers. Yeah. <laughs> She's hot. <laughs> you know, I feel like they really brought out the extra hot, a- uh, like, uh, extras on this one. Yeah, I mean, these are definitely clearly trained dancers that they dressed up and pretended are part of this high school so they could do the choreography, but... Yeah, so this whole beginning is basically like, life can be better, and, you know, mm. and whatnot, and it's it's basically like this, you know, song of yearning. Of right, I mean, yeah, it is, is, as musicals do, it is setting the stage of the musical uh, with this number. Yeah, so... Uh, checking in with each main character and, like, where they're at and where they're trying to get. So we get kind of like, I don't know, almost like, kind of like a recap, I want to say. Of, like, where mm-hmm. everyone is currently. So we have Veronica putting up a sign for a new bouncer. Uh, Very funny that she has that sign. Then we have <laughs> another... Uh, then we have another scene where um, Josie... Just reminding us that Archie and Josie are dating. Yeah, and they, they have really good chemistry together. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I do enjoy that they have good chemistry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Betty and uh, Jughead are, like... Briefly talking about, like, they can't make drugs without a drug lab. Couldn't find relevant Heather's lyrics to this one, so they're just talking in in dialogue. (laughs) Yeah, then they start singing. Yeah. Does Betty and Jughead still have good chemistry? Because they're both crappy people. They're just incredibly Mm. shitty people. So, I guess they do, actually. I guess I just... Yeah, man, I... I, I have nothing to say against their screen chemistry. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't like them as characters. <laughs> so maybe yeah. that's a little bit. I mean, I feel like they're an obnoxious couple, but like I think they're into each other. They sell it. <laughs> yeah. See, okay. Here's, uh, okay. Here's a song that they did way better. Mm-hmm. Like Choreography didn't oh, quite hit. They're cho- actually very out of sync for a lot of this. Yeah, so they're, they're really... like I feel like uh, earlier they had some really good choreo. Mm. Um, yeah, with the professional dancers, with fresh- and these are all the actors. Yeah, which it, I can't. I can't. Fault- I can't knock them too much because, like, you know, they didn't get like a musical's worth of time to train for this episode. They've got they got like a day to memorize all their lines, all their songs, and choreo. I get why it's a little sloppy sometimes. Yeah, they probably only got a few takes, you know, per because yeah. like this has to be like a pretty hectic schedule because oh, yeah. like they don't slow down. No. Uh. But also, there uh, uh, Kevin's introducing, and I fucking love that he's still explaining this to the adults because he calls Cheryl the mythic bitch. I'm just like, um, okay, <laughs> okay, Kevin, that is good thing to say, you know, without the parents around. A yeah. little bullying. The, the the idea that he's explaining this to the mayor and the principal is hilarious. Like, I love it very much. I feel like what would happen to be like, hey, Kevin, can you not use that language? Yeah, I mean, what would happen to be like, so we're not doing this musical. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, Betty, Veronica, and Cheryl are playing the three Heathers, and then they color-coded them. Cheryl, of course, in red, Betty in green, and Veronica in blue. And if we just switch around uh, Betty and Veronica's outfits, and then uh, make that yellow into... Sorry, I said blue earlier, because it looks so much like this. But if we switch that yellow to a blue and switch... Uh, their two outfits. We have the live-action Powerpuff Girls. We do. Yeah. Oh, Bo, did you did you hear that the that the person playing Blossom just quit? 
They have to is redo it. Is that why it. they have to reshoot? No, That's no, really no. Funny. They reshot it because the script leaked and everyone was just like, this is crappy. Like, mm. and like, and it, from what I could see, it was actually very bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the maid, uh, Chloe Bennett, I want to say. Chloe something. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah, that's right. Chloe Bennett. Chloe Bennett. Yeah, she's got actual acting credentials on her. I can see why she yeah, would she walk. Yeah, she quit, so they're going to have to get a new person. And, like, yeah. apparently Bubbles was going to have, like, a sex tape leaked before the first. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, and, like, I'm okay. Like, you know, make Riverdale, but Powerpuff yeah, Girls. I'm okay with that. I mean, that's what that. they were going to do. But, like, like... That's why I understand why... Because, like, Riverdale's mo- formula was they grabbed all these kids except for Cole Sprouse directly out of acting school so like uh it, they were like this sounds intriguing and then they're already in it by the time it turns into a shit show like with everyone already making fun of the powerpuff girls and like if i were chloe bennett i'm like i have a real career i was on agents of shield people like respect me as an actor i'm not look, getting into she, this clown car she, for six seasons she also had a singing career in china yeah i'm aware so like i'm aware of chloe wang's life chloe yeah she's just like I she led such a weird thing before she got <laughs> on Agents yeah. of Shield, but, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. Just you should have just gotten like people who are lower tier of the acting yeah. department, and they, that would have been fine. I, I mean, I didn't think. I don't think they. I don't think honestly the showrunners realize how much of a joke Riverdale is, and so I'm sure they weren't expecting that level of like mockery of their project oh, or a script leak. No. No, okay, I, like, the little bit that I read, I was just, like, 100%. Okay, sorry, we're gonna have to pause mm. for just a moment, because we, yeah. that was just, like, five minutes of conversation of what just happened at that point. But, but no, I think, I think they should have gotten some more nobodies on it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the other two are new actors, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. One's, like, coming from theater, and the other one might just, like, be new to acting uh, well they have also had the donald Faison and a couple other right. people who had like a little bit yeah. more which i think donald Faison's like up for whatever because he's running off which, of- which is again the uh kind of the riverdale model all the young people are fairly unknowns <clears throat> except for one person who's done some acting in the past and then the adults you're getting decently big hits uh to, yeah. to play your yeah adults yeah yeah i think people just need to watch riverdale to understand how excited yeah. i'm still am for that show right yeah so- no <laughs> everyone's like, it's going to be terrible. I'm like, no, you don't understand. That's the point. Okay, no, it's going to be terrible. Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. (laughs) But but no, Uh, we had, so we're going to like, you can make me beautiful uh, song, Mm -hmm. which I, which is basically Cheryl as the main Heather is um, like bossing around uh, the other Heathers Mm -hmm. and coming down, coming down the uh, hallway, um, Oh, I love it. I love this part. Um, yeah. Cheryl calls a sweet pea a pervert for running into her, which I just love. I love when people call someone a pervert, like, really earnestly. Mm. It's just real, real good. Also, um, RIP to the guy who plays Reggie. That man cannot sing. He tried his damnedest here. You can tell he doesn't have a singing background. Yeah, he's, like, one of the few people who can't, like, you know, competently sing. Yeah. On the cast. Like, almost everyone yeah. else can I mean, even Sweepy kind of, like, got through it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they hired, like, a vocal coach to teach the people who don't have, like, a song, a music background, like, very quickly how to hit their notes. Yeah. Um, But, you know, sometimes you're just not a good singer. I'm not a good singer either. I get it. That was, like, a whole five-minute number, and apparently that's all they needed to get it approved. 
Uh, right, yeah, I love that. It ends with them all sitting down in the theater, and the play is on. So, That's great. So Evelyn is going to be the co-director, uh, and apparently I think the farm is, like, producing it, technically? Yeah, they are, they are co-sponsoring, co-sponsoring it. Because yeah, originally it was going to be Godspell before Cheryl had her little fit. Okay. And, of course, Evelyn is wearing the shirt that says The Farm with rainbow people mm. under it. Which I I am still going to say, I find that actress very cute. She's a very cute actress. Mm-hmm. She has crazy eyes, which also I find very cute. <laughs> but Now, if uh, the CW were smart, they'd put that t-shirt up as merch, but I don't think they There are so many things from this show I would just straight up buy. Sorry, no, we're gonna we're gonna have to unpack this. Okay. Sorry, we're gonna okay, have to sorry, unpack sorry, this. Sorry, I forgot to say one thing. The the one of the mm-hmm. uh, one of the uh one of the the clear lesbians or bi. I'm gonna say bi because she mm-hmm. did kind of agree to the later threesome thing. Yeah. Um, but she is first off like real butch, like tall. Mm-hmm. Uh, wear black lipstick was just. I, I don't know that she's butch. Uh, she's just I don't tall, know, soft butch. She's soft butch. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, she I she's definitely that. closer more to the butch side than she is to the femme side. Mm-hmm. Um, because like Tony, like t- Tony is like I would say pr- fairly close to like kind of the middle, at like, yeah. which I mean very femme, but like you know just kind of the middle. Whatever. I'm not gonna get to that. Uh, but, yeah. um, but she was just when she walked out. I'm just like. I think both of us. I think both of us clocked the first time she saw. It, be like, yeah, she's gonna like fuck at some point. Yeah, like she was the first pretty poison we ever saw, and we were both like, oh, it's a lesbian gang. Yeah, no, it's and that has not changed. <laughs> no, it's still a very lesbian. <laughs> like, yeah, but sorry, we gotta we gotta unpack this. So everyone's going around introducing themselves and what character they're playing. Comes to Reggie's turn. He says, "Reggie Mantle, aka Jock Ram Sweeney, gonna brought up with my bud Arch here. Just two single straight dudes doing some theater." Okay, first off, that is a lie on at least two parts. I see. I don't want to see because, like, okay, you know what Reggie gives the energy off of, like, real? Because, like, I think Reggie, I think uh, Archie is a straight dude who just doesn't think about like the other like dating of people right. other than women. I don't think he's like actively homophobic or anything. I just mm-hmm. think he's too dumb to think, Hey, I might like boys. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, Reggie is hiding something. <laughs> <laughs> Reg- I feel like, yeah. I mean, one, yes. Yeah. No. But two. Uh, I just, I just love that. He's bringing that like homoerotic tension of sports into theater like I, I love that no no first off I love it second off it comes off as something completely different when you do it oh, in theater oh yeah <laughs> like, no he he sounds like he's extremely overcompensating for uh, the fact that he's not straight he, yep I no, mean, like, it's literally the, just like, guys being pals, just a couple of bros hanging out, like six feet apart in a hot tub. Yeah, like he, like he is, like I'm not saying like he's gay or anything. I'm just saying like mm-hmm. he's definitely questioning and it's bothering him. Yeah. So like, I, I, it's you know, it's just that that sweet, sweet homoerotic tension found in in the locker room. But yeah, like you can't now, bring it outside great. of the locker room because it just I'm, reads. I'm loving that energy. Yeah, yeah. no, I do. I'm, I'm loving that energy more. More like theater arts, uh, uh, TV show settings should have homoerotic jock sport tension. Okay. in them. Okay, because you, you're the person who writes one page RPGs. Sometimes. 
Yeah, I should have given the jock a homoerotic perk. First um, off, first somewhere off, in that. yeah, like anytime they say something, oh, someone always reads it as like kind of gay. Um, but no, um, maybe do maybe do a one page one page RPG about a play mm. that it only has football players in it. <laughs> That's a really funny funny <laughs> premise. I don't know that I could. I actually. Well, like, despite I, knowing many, many theater kids, was not in theater and don't know a lot about plays. Actually, well, okay, here's the thing: you don't need to <laughs> mm-hmm. see. All you do is you have a rolling tray, like a rolling table of, you know, what the play is going to be, and yep. you just, just just rewrite your Riverdale one. <laughs> just rewrite it, you know. Jesse, it sounds like you already have this all down in your head. Why don't you write it? Uh, I don't know. I don't have the time. I mean, I don't have the time. Of, I don't know. I might do it. I just think it'd be real fun role playing as like jock people trying to act, try trying to act like they really care about the play. It's, it's <clears throat> not even that. I want, I want them to be like theater kids, but bro-y? Like, are into theater. Yeah, but like have the energy of homoerotic jocks. Okay. Okay. So, do you want to hear a movie idea that I've had, or like a? Thing, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I want there to be one of those classic bromance movies, mm-hmm. but it's actually someone realizing that they actually are very attracted to their best friend, and they like they are just like himbo dumb fucks. Like, and I mean, Jesse, you you are describing the classic John Hughes era eighties rom com. Yeah, yeah but, um, but when just, we're just turning the tomboy chick into a guy. Yeah, so no, and like, okay, and I want that, but I want it to be like at the end where like they just be like, yo, I think I'm like I think I love you. Be like, dude, I love you too, but like, you know, not in that way. Like, you mm-hmm. know. And like if it just turns into a sport thing. In fact, I want there to be no drama. I just want the coming out story to have no drama trauma in it. <laughs> Maybe that's it. But Actually, also, you are very close to describing the half of it. Now that I think about it, yeah. But I think I think something like that would be fun. Maybe even like a show thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? It's just gonna be all himbos, all himbos, all himbo cast. E- each shape, mm-hmm. color, size, orientation—just himbos. I just want a whole thing of himbos. <laughs> yeah, I, I do really want some sort of like farce that just is because everyone's a fucking dumbass himbo. Yeah, I think that could be really no. Funny. I want, I want like it's always sunny, but you love all the characters and you should want to be them. <laughs> In a way, right. but sorry. Anyway, we got. I so then, so Kevin, <clears throat> this is kind of a bath. I mean, okay, it's because he's a messy bitch who loves drama. Oh, oh, but, oh um, Kevin loves drama. So like, Kevin is aware the reason they're doing Heather's is because Cheryl broke up with Tony and is pissed off and needed an excuse to be Cheryl on stage. And knowing that, he then said, we should get a choreographer for this play. Let's get Tony Topaz, who has no actual credentials for doing choreography. (laughs) And let's just make her the official choreographer of this play that we're specifically putting on because Cheryl's mad because she broke up with Tony Topaz. Yeah, he's really messy. I kind of enjoy it in a way, but also it feels very um, forced. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, Tony Tobaz has never, t- up to this point, shown any inclination that she is a dancer of any sort. Um, then we have this brief insert of uh, Evelyn basically walking them through the Kaminsky method, I think. Yeah. 
Uh, again, don't know a lot about theater, but from what I've heard of the Kaminsky method, this is not dissimilar. <laughs> but of course, it's uh, supposed to be cult-like and that she's like indoctrinating so, them. So, okay, the fun thing about it is that I think mm-hmm. it is supposed to double as like a cult thing, but mm-hmm. also it could just be a theater kid. Right, yeah, that's what I found funny about this. Because Betty's facial expression is that, like, oh, this is clearly no, an indoctrination thing. No. But, like, no, like, no, that's actually just theater shit. I think, I think like, Betty just doesn't like theater kit. Which, I mean, I understand. Yeah. I tend to not like theater kids that much, but... All right. I love this scene, though. So they're about to start rehearsal, um, and it's, you know, a scene with the Heathers, and Tony has some choreography for them. Uh, and Chanel says, no thanks. Uh, we already actually came up with some choreography on our own, which is insane. Um, but then they go into their number. They do? Yeah, I'm just going to skip forward because it's just a lot of singing. Yeah, this is... There's a good reason why I watched yeah. like Riverdale at 1.5 speed. So I, could, <laughs> so I could dump all the dumb into my brain quicker. But also, it saved me on this episode. Also... also- I'm going to be totally real. I do think Cheryl's choreography is better than Tony's here. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know what they thought. they Because then Tony comes up and, like, interrupts their dance to show off her choreo. And it's, like, just not as good. Like, it's this okay, weird... It doesn't... Okay. It doesn't fit the song. Right. That's the and thing. It, I don't think it reads well for, like, a musical. They're not especially synchronized. And the movements are, like, very kind of, like... Uh... They're they're very flowy, I guess, and, and like kind kind of like contemporary dance yeah. almost. I don't really know dance genres either, but like it's just it's very like closed up, you know. They're like moving. They're trying to be sexy, I guess. Well, and I, like it. <laughs> I think I think they're both trying to do sexy, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. the song doesn't right doesn't need the closed off well, sexiness that they're Tony off. Tony looks like she is a backup uh, backup dancer and a 2000s R&B song with how she's dancing yeah Cheryl looks like she's in a musical yeah and Cheryl Cheryl also I think the choreography is playing more with her costume and everything too mm-hmm. yeah but uh then they both start <clears throat> singing and and like shoving each other out of the way so they can have a dance battle it's incredible it's very good uh, and they both try to do, like, bigger uh, vocal runs. And then Cheryl in the middle of it shouts, Whoa. And then does a vocal run. Punches Tony in the boob. Incredible stuff. It's fr- It's real good. Also, the entire time of their singing this would be that it could be so much better if this is a little Wade candy shop song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you Okay, okay, there was a move there that I would imagine that would uh raise red flags with the more conservative people. Where mm. Rachel not Rachel, wow. I said the wrong name. Uh where um Cheryl uh, she does this move where, like, she's like switching around her uh, skirt a lot, and then she pulls it mm-hmm. up and then drops it. And she's wearing like dancing like shorts underneath of it, mm-hmm. which is. But I feel like that would like you know raise some red flags for any of the conservative people, especially this song, yeah, which mean, is very sexual. She's Cheryl. She can get away with it. I guess. <laughs> yeah, Betty is confronting uh, Evelyn after that. Be like, yeah, you're doing subculture. Be like, nah, you're just kind of like 
just kind of like over. I mean, Evelyn's there. gaslighting her, but it's fine. Well, oh, you know what? She is. She she's not gatekeeping yet, but she is two out of three for gate, <laughs> for gatekeeping. Well, for uh, gaslighting and girl bossing. Was she the one that said Betty would never be worthy? Because if so, then she is also gatekeeping. Mm, I don't know if she did. We'll need to figure out. Right. Yeah, she. Uh, I can't recall because someone told Betty she'd never be worthy of the farm, and I can't remember if it was Evelyn. I don't think it was Evelyn. No, if I, it had been, then she'd be gatekeeping. No, I think that might have been. No, her mother still wants her to be there. Who on the farm said it? But whatever. Uh, Evelyn calls a like a a cast party um, at yeah. the uh, new old Sisters of Quiet Mercy, which is the cult compound now. Uh, so this plot line makes no sense. <laughs> no, I I feel like they just need, feel like they like. Cole Sprouse is supposed to be in the episode for so many minutes. Right. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, give him that. But also, like, can you... S- I'd, I want to go back to season one, Jughead. <laughs> so <laughs> so the, the plot line here is that uh, FP is telling Jughead that a bunch of pharmaceuticals and equipment got robbed. And also, Tent City was ransacked and their RV got stolen. And Jughead is immediately like, wow. Sounds like someone's... We'll pause. We need to unpack this as well. But uh, he's like, wow, sounds like someone's trying to create a mobile drug lab. And FP's like, I think you're right. And then FP does nothing about this for the rest of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. FP's just kind of useless now that I think... Except for the one time he hit a body. Yeah. Like, he's been kind of useless since season one. I mean, since season two. He was a shitty serpent leader... Um, other than hiding the bad man or the creepy man or whatever they call that drug dealer's body, I don't think he's actually helped anyone. No. Even a little well, bit. Well, you know what? He probably gave Al- uh, Alice Cooper a, f- a couple of orgasms. Yeah, true. He looks like a guy, <laughs> he looks like a guy who, like, will gladly just munch a box and for as long as he needs to. Great. Thanks, Jesse. Yep. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. You know, Skeeter? And on the he- on the heels of that, I do need to uh, issue a <clears throat> formal apology to Riverdale because I was talking a lot of shit last episode about uh, doesn't Veronica realize that now uh, that she's told Jughead what his mom's doing, Gladys is going to tell her parents about what Hermione did. It, um, and here we're seeing that that does happen. Consequences do still happen on the show. Yeah. And you know what? They held it for a whole episode. So you know what? True. I'm I'm plotting them. Yeah, um, yeah. She comes home and she's like, "I'm going out to a cast party. Don't bother waiting up." And she's like, "Actually, we need to talk to you. Mom and I are getting divorced." And you know what? You could maybe say that it is her fault. Hmm. And by the way, it's not the four seasons; it's the five seasons. We've been saying the four seasons the uh, entire time. There we go. <laughs> I I mean, it's I think part of their uh, the fifth season is love. Oh, yeah. uh, it's part of their whole thing about not using brand <laughs> names and using quirky fake names. Yeah, but but when she but when they tell her, but like <laughs> Veronica's, it's like no, no, you're not. <laughs> Fucking wild! How like in I mean, yes, she's like a seventeen year old, and this can be very traumatic. But she's like very upset about this idea even though her mom told her multiple times how like her dad would gladly kill her for nothing if she ever crossed him yep i also don't understand why hermione looks so upset about this if i got away with almost killing a mob guy and burning his lab stuff and then i got off with a divorce i'd be fucking throwing a party daniel 
Yeah. Remember like five episodes ago. Oh, that's so far away, but okay, yeah. yes. Remember when she was turns out was hooking up with Sheriff Mineta and killed him? Right, right, yeah. Where is that ruthlessness? Right. Like, she should be having like multiple like capos, like go to her side. Maybe try to yeah, kill him again. You, you think I don't know, it's always very unclear if she <clears throat> wants to take over the mob business or just get away from Hiram, but like either way. Like, like I mm. this is no, I think like sure, will it be kinda a little weird? Yeah, but like I don't think at least immediately she's in tro- a danger of being killed. She probably has enough time and enough influence uh right now as a politician. I mean, yeah, yeah, she's the man. That yeah. she couldn't be just outright killed mm-hmm. immediately without it being tied back to her. Very I, I do vaguely have a recollection of a plot <clears throat> point being that, like, yes, now that Hiram and her are separated, she no longer enjoys the protection of the Lodge name. But, um, she's also- again... But, yeah, like... I'd still be pretty fucking pumped if I tried to kill a guy and got off with just getting a divorce from him yeah. instead of being murdered. <clears throat> yeah, but whatever. Like that, there's a lot to unpack in that scene, and I hope they mm-hmm. actually unpack it a little bit more nicely in another episode. Uh, we're we're at the cast party before rap. Um, I just want to give a brief shout out. You see on this on the left here, Jesse. Uh, Griffin the person King? who was serving their drinks, yeah, is, is dressed up as the Gargoyle King no, in, wait, in wait, like Gar- a shitty costume. Wait, no, that I thought that was the Griffin Queen. It looks closer. To no, that. that's the Gargoyle King's thing. It's got the skull head oh, and the big the wings skull behind head. it. Sorry, yeah. I was yeah, sorry, I, th- I was yeah. reading that more like a Halo thing. Yeah, it, it it is like a stylized version. Like it looks like a Party City version, you know. But it's very clearly supposed to be the Gargoyle King, and they don't comment on it at all. She's just one of the people there, which I think is a cool little thing they did. See now, now that ever now, now that we what, had that. What was, are these two people doing in the bath, in the baptism bath, I, while everyone's singing and dancing around them? What's that about? Well, no, no, I want to bring something up real quick. Okay, so Reggie, mm-hmm. after he clearly says that, like, just two straight dudes brewing it up. Yep. Um, yep. Like it seems like every time I see him, like, grab on just like a girl, like, real aggressively, like in a consensual way, or whatever, or like mm-hmm. you know all that. It, I'm suspicious. <laughs> I'm suspicious. Although that would be right, great if but, he also made Reggie gay or not gay, mm-hmm. but bi. Yeah, because like he hooks up with Veronica. Yeah, in this, like she's um, and as 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 one does at teen parties, people are starting to pair up, and so uh, Veronica is about to rebound with Reggie because you know she's maybe feeling a little insecure with her parents divorcing. Um, as people continue to move around and sing and dance or whatever the fuck, I think Archie and Josie get get cuddly here as well. Again, who are these two people in the, in the baptism bath? I don't like that. Get out of there. Yeah. Also, what are you going to do? Okay, first off, if you do have dry clothes, like, you know, whatever. But I like, mean, they're, they're like in bathing suits or in their underwear. Yeah, but... They're not, like, clothed but, in there. But yeah, but, like, if you do... they So they're probably going to have dry clothes, which is whatever. Mm-hmm. She's soft. Oh, here's, here's the little homage to the song you really like, Jesse. I like this song. Okay. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, we have... Um, you know, people are pairing off. Uh, Sweet Pea sees Josie and yeah, Archie about pour, to... Pour one out for Sweet Pea, who clearly went looking for Josie, hoping to maybe get some, and finding her kissing Archie. That hurts. <clears throat> We've all been there. 
It's not fun. It's not nice. And they're just singing a song about like, oh, folks are gone. Big fun. We're gonna yeah, big fun. We're gonna get drunk and like fuck, I guess, basically. Right. You know. And also, also, they say uh, there's a lie at it, which is like uh, our parents don't know what half the you know half the things teens do. They do. Mm -hmm. In fact, (laughs) you know what? They printed more dangerous versions of what you're doing. So, Veronica and Reggie left. They went home to fuck. Which, I mean, smart for them, honestly. <laughs> also, you know what? I, I'm so glad that they know how to, like, uh, light people who aren't white. Because, like... Yeah, it took, it took them a little bit, but they got there. But, like, like Veronica and... Veronica and... Ar- uh, not Archie. Veronica and Reggie look really great in that lighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Evelyn uh, doses Kevin with some shrooms. Yep. <coughs> she gives him a brownie with uh, the farm's all-organic mushrooms and tells her to take him with a big gulp of water. Which is... um, You know, honestly, these are some pretty fucking good shrooms if he ate it in that room, walked down to the hallway to get a drink of water, and immediately started hallucinating. Dude. Pretty fucking good shrooms. Where a, can I get some, Evelyn? No, Hook me up. As a I'll person who's done shrooms like twice, it took me like a good like 30 minutes to an hour. Yeah, I mean, your body, you're ingesting something, so your body needs to digest it to get it into your bloodstream. If you're hallucinating within 30 seconds of taking that, I don't know what's going on, but sign me the fuck up. I'll join the farm. I don't mind. <laughs> maybe it's like... Come on, Evelyn, come through. Maybe it's somehow like salv- like Salvia, somehow. Like, it's just like, you get mm. that real intense, like, hallucinogenic thing. Of yeah. Um, so he glances over and sees Midge's body pinned to the wall and knives, and it says in her blood, you know, it's all your fault, I'm dead, or whatever. Remember Midge? Yeah, you know, Midge. Midge? Who died the last time they had a musical. Yeah. Um, And so it's the next day, and uh, Evelyn is doing something that is actually fairly cold. I mean, she's just doing her farm thing. She's like, why why doesn't everyone in a circle say a secret uh, with everyone else? Okay, so this is a farm thing, obviously, but... Mm -hmm. Didn't they also do this at the party? The the truth or oh yeah, thing? the saints and sinners, saints or whatever. Yeah, thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Fair so, enough. Maybe this is the only way they know how to like let people know yeah. outside of like the direct relationships. Yeah. About you, things. You create these intricate rituals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, also, I will also say just because I'm mostly saying that as a storytelling thing because they mm-hmm. do a good job in the show at showing when people learn things mm-hmm. in a realistic way. Uh, I just wanted to shadow Jesse that you were correct about Fangs being bi. We just confirmed it here. Yeah. Yeah, Fangs Fangs is bi, but he seems yeah. to lean he seems to lean more towards the dudes, which is fine, you know, it's whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, I feel I, Do you think Fangs and Sweet Pea are like kind of a thing, but not really? I mean, we've been calling them boyfriends for the They past, have, like, but, like, I think episodes. I think it might be a one-sided thing, though. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I don't think Sweet Pea... Uh... I th- like, I think... Do- I don't think Sweet Pea knows mm, yet. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But, like, you know, I think it, they, I think they're a thing. They just, they're, like, Fangs just seems to be like, yo, you're my boyfriend or not. <laughs> and that's it. You, you know, Fangs is to Sweet Pea as Reggie is to Archie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, you know what? Yeah, no, that's exactly it. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, Kevin blurts out that he saw Midge's ghost last night, um, and that kind of breaks the barrier, and 
uh, Fang says that he's been seeing her too, but like not in a weird hallucinogenic way, just, you know, nightmares because he feels guilty about the whole thing since, you know, he was fucking with her at the time. Yeah. Um, and using that great springboard, uh, Sweepy, who's still fucking tight about last night, blurts out that he saw Archie and Josie getting cozy, and that really hurt him. And like, okay, this is a little... Oh, and then... Okay, okay. You know, I mean... I understand, I, I understand his stuff. At first, know. when I first saw it, I was just like, eh? But basically, just like, so, you just getting with me as soon as your ex-boyfriend gets a new boo? Right, yeah, he asked if she knew anything about it, because from his perspective, it seems like Archie and jo- Josie just got together, and suddenly out of nowhere, the girl who dumped me uh, wants to hook up again. Like, it seems like a petty revenge thing to dig at Archie. Yeah, I would be kind of, like, suspicious as well. I, no, and and I think what, uh, I also think what uh, Sweet Pea says is a pretty, I don't want to say, mature, I don't know if mature is the right word. But, like, it is a very um, reasonable thing to go to. It is mature that he identified why he's upset is because this hurt him instead of um, posturing in a way, being like, it wasn't right of you to do that or whatever. Because, you know, Josie and him aren't an item. She can do whatever she wants with whoever she wants. He has no say on that. Yeah. But to be to identify that as like she can do that, but that hurt me to see. Yeah, like yeah, that is fairly mature. Like like I just hate how f- fucking emotionally mature they could be because it just makes it easier for them to write a story. To be fair, <laughs> uh, he did then immaturely blurt it out during this like theater emotion exercise, which was not the right time oh, no, to do it. It wasn't the right time, but also like Evelyn was clearly aiming for this. Mm-hmm. so like and also like josie seems to have like a weird thing like are we a thing archie like because they're not yeah, like officially yeah. dating yeah yeah so yeah josie's got her own stuff yeah but uh so now the focus is on veronica so veronica then again weird to be saying all these big things in your little theater circle for the first time to all your friends <laughs> but she says her parents are divorcing <laughs> also i like how jughead is just in the background eating chips like real cash yeah <laughs> It's just like, I mean, I don't really care who Archie's fucking. Why is Jughead even there? Yeah, he's supposed to be just tech. uh, tech. He's supposed to be theater tech. Well, he he wasn't even that. The first time they did this, he was just a dude with a video camera because Kevin wanted to make a behind-the-scenes documentary. I think he was, was like, there specifically to just do background stuff. I think that's Mm. it. Because he's technically involved, but, like, only in the back end. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll discuss that last minute twist uh, when we get to it because I have some words about that. But um, next scene is Archie talking to Josie. Ooh, that's a loud car outside. Someone's very cool. Um, basically, you know, touching base about what just happened and how she's feeling about it. And you know, are we a thing? Yeah. Oh, by the way, they do have craft. Oh, it's, cra- <laughs> it's crappy yeah. craft, but they have craft. I mean, it's high school craft. Yeah. Yeah, although that uh, being said, I would love to just chow down on a plate of Hostess cupcakes right now. So. Um, Josie basically says, you know, we got together because we were both lonely people. And you're basically saying it's a rebound. Um, and Archie's like, is that all I am to you? And Josie's like, think about it. Yeah, Reggie. Yeah, I think, I th- again, like, the only reason they're being emotionally mature right here is because it's easier to write. They don't know how to write, like, teen emotions at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, like... 
Because this realistically, <laughs> Reggie would feel embarrassed um, about getting it so wrong, and would double down on it and try to find a new reason why he's right and justify yeah. his anger. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he called like Veronica a whore and like tried to like defame her somehow, because that's. Uh, mm. I don't know. Mm. Oh, see, no, okay, not only because that they are technically emotionally mature. It's I think yeah. the only reason because like teen boys when they are hurt. Right. Will defame it. But also, yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, I was going to say, because, like, Reggie clearly still likes her, but you're right that, like, a teen boy still would. Yeah, it's like the Um, teen boys who are, like, who are embarrassed that they like, like, a nerdy girl or someone who isn't technically beautiful. Like, they'll just, like, make fun of her and maybe, like, you know, maybe even try to date her for a little bit, then call her whore later. But... Mm, I, I'm also hesitating because we had a whole literal plot point about literally doing exactly what you're describing. Yeah. Um, and I guess Reggie wasn't involved in that Reg- sort of No, Reggie so I wasn't involved. not maybe, that kind of guy. Maybe Reggie is okay. If, he, if she was dating yeah. Chuck, I think that would happen. Oh, yeah. Oh, For sure. We have, we've long established that's what Chuck's about. Yeah. But, you know, but they are like very, no, they're just very being very mature about it. Yeah. Honestly, like they say, like, hey, we're both lonely. It sucks about your parents. Yeah. Um, no, I got it. If Reggie were emotionally immature, uh, he would have said, Well, you should have told me before. You know, why didn't you tell me? Why don't you trust me? And that'd be his line to still be defensive and angry and justify why he got to be defensive and angry in that moment. Yeah. Uh, instead of admitting, Oh, I jumped to a conclusion and it really sucks what you're going through. How can I help? And then when Veronica says, Well, like, you know, that's just kind of how we were yeah, at actually. the time. Uh, what would happen is he would get really angry and like storm yeah. to like Archie be like, Man, I'm so angry. Then he would like actually like kiss him in anger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to your point about emotional maturity, though, Jesse, he did just say, and I had forgotten he had said this, was that. It really sucks what you're going through, but I don't think we should be together uh, right now because of this thing you're dealing with, which, which is, is insane for a teen boy to say. Most, Fucking insane. I don't, I probably know like five grown adults right. who would do that right now. Right. Yeah, that's, that's being totally honest. I'm not sure that, you know, in that moment I would do that. Like I that's think- a very big thing. If you really like a girl to be like, actually, the state you're no, in, I know you'd only be with me because I think, of other reasons. I think I would other. I think I would not only double down on wanting to be with her. I would fuck it up. <laughs> like, yeah. So no, they are so. I mature. mean, it would it would inevitably always fuck up because she's only doing it because she's feeling insecure because of the shifting of you know her environment, and so eventually she'd get over that or deal with that, and then be like, "Why am I still with you?" <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I, th- I think they they have like somewhat of a bedrock at this point. That like mm-hmm. a, you can jump into it, but I, I mean, you break up with someone for a reason. I feel, and and if you don't address that reason, if you just get together because something big happened, I feel like ultimately those reasons are going to come back up. Uh, I feel like they, I think, feel like they're teenagers who trauma bonded. Yeah. They're gonna get go. Yeah. They're gonna go go yeah. in and out of a relationship for a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but again, crazy that he said that. Very cool, but uh, also wildly insane. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Veronica's just kind of left in the auditorium to kind of stew a little bit. Yeah. Uh, this is iconic. Uh, Cheryl's, you know, getting ready in the bathroom, and Evelyn comes in and she's like, I just thought you'd like to see what's going on out there. And she goes out, and Tony, for some reason, has decided to wear um, not only bright red, which is the issue, it's Cheryl's color, her signature color, which is iconic. I love that she's like, this is my signature color, no one else is allowed to wear it. <laughs> But also, this outfit, 
this outfit is it's a good outfit. It's giving it's giving me uh original Charlie's Angel the nineties Charlie's Angels. Okay. I'm what I'm what I'm thinking is like early two thousands Beyonce. Yeah, yeah, like early two thousand, like an R and B early two thousand singer, yeah. something like that. It's like not school appropriate, even in a no, little bit, no. and looks wildly out of place. Yeah, like she for like again, I don't feel like you should be the the blah 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 all the prerequisites. But she's not only right. showing belly button, but like it is just like she's one trip away from just her bitties falling out from her top. Yeah, it's <laughs> we're we're not saying it's inappropriate in the way that like actual schools enforce dress codes. Like, oh, you're wearing a a tank top. Oh no, your shoulders are exposed. Like, this is a sexual outfit. Yeah, this is clearly an outfit that's meant to be taken off at some point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It even like has an easy uh, pull rig that you could just right. pull a shirt off completely. It is extremely <laughs> form-fitting and revealing. And again, like, think 2000s-ish sexy R&B singer. That's the exact vibe. You nailed it. Yeah. Uh, and I guess she d- did it to antagonize Cheryl. I, that's the only reason I could imagine. Um, and then, shockingly, it doesn't... I love that. Shittle snaps both her fingers and two lackeys come out from the background to back her up as she exiles Tony. I, Incredible television. I fucking iconic. Like, come on. She's such an icon. Uh, I don't think I did this intentionally, but Cheryl is 1,000% who I am channeling when I, when I created... Uh, the popular girl in our D and D game, yeah. whose name I can't remember right now. Yeah, I noticed a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, uh, I thought it was so creative with that lackey mechanic, and then Riverdale just did it two years earlier. <laughs> anyway, I'll also say okay. One of her lackeys looks kind of mm-hmm. like that, like a uh, weird in between, like preppy goth thing that a lot of like mm, yeah. uh, Zoomers are having right now. Yeah, uh, I dig That's it. What we're saying. I dig it. Yeah, you know. Uh, but Cheryl literally exiles Tony, says you can go to Centerville or Westburg. I don't care. You're not going here. Oh, okay. Also, isn't Evelyn wearing a bright red sh- uh, skirt that looks all- that like or is very close to the color? Let me jump back. Let me jump back. Like uh, also, Tony's wearing fucking leather pants. Oh my! Insane. Oh my god! She like those are gonna rip. Catch Unless those are like okay. Okay. Oh no, they're muted. That's it's like muted. A, it's muted. Yeah, Sorry. it's like a brownish red the, the, burgundy. Yeah, the it's lighting, not a bright the red. The lighting made it look a little brighter when yeah. she was walking by. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this inexplicable choice to provoke Cheryl in this way is so that then Tony can sing Dead Girl Walking. Yeah. This was the song that I thought was so on the nose to what was happening in the scene. I was like, did they write this for this? Uh, scene. I think they just had the songs they had available to them and wrote it yeah. around that. Yeah, I mean that is, that is what they did. But you know, me not knowing the songs and Heather's, I wasn't sure. Um, cle- I mean, clearly that's what they did because uh, it was a weird choice for Tony to antagonize Cheryl and for Cheryl to banish her. You know what? Um, <laughs> no, no, no. She's giving me no. She's giving me like soft butch vibes. The girl. Yeah. Yeah, soft butch. Yeah. Yeah. She's a uh, very. Uh, she reminds me of Blade. Yeah, she's uh, she's the vampire hunter. <laughs> she's tall. She wears black makeup. She, her hair is like I love her hair. Like she, honestly, love her whole fit. And yeah. she is tall. Uh, oh, her name is Peaches. By Peaches. The way. Yeah, she's tall, but like Sweet yeah. Pea is freakishly tall for someone who's yeah, supposed to be Sweet Sweet Pea's fucking huge. He should have been named Tall Boy. Yeah, and she pretty but, much uh, like commands them to like just start stripping. 
Like she grabs them and pulls them onto the literal auditorium stage, so she can have uh, again weird. I don't like her dancing in this episode. Like, I don't know why they like. I think they were going for like sexy R and B. Yeah, like and it doesn't. Uh, I, fit. Yeah, I think it was supposed to like contract to be like, oh, but Tony's edgy and sexy, but like it doesn't oh, fit. It just looks weird. Oh, but. Peaches did like an iconic like stripping move. Yeah, like she starts like wiggling her ribs and starts taking her chains off. Yeah. Um. So. Tony's singing, and basically it's, I'm going to fuck both of you on the stage right now um, as my last hurrah. But then she sees Cheryl in the window singing the sad part of the song. Um, you know, it's supposed to be, like, in her mind's eye or whatever. Um, and so she, like, stops and says, I'm sorry I promised you both a threesome, but I can't do this. I gotta go. Like, part of me kind of hopes that, like, both of them are, like, sexually frustrated. I'll be like, I don't know, you want right. to I would have loved, I would have loved that scene to end with Sweepy turning back <laughs> to Peaches and be like, huh? Uh, no, and I would have loved it to be like, I don't know. Like, just shrug of the shoulder, like, let's, let's, fine, right. fine, we're already here. Yeah. Let's get our rocks off. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that would have been really funny and they should have done that. Yeah. I mean, that's what I would do if I was potentially in a threesome and one of them would just be able to be like, well, we're both here in our underwear. Do you just want to, like... Like you know, like I've seen pe- I've seen parties where someone just like said like, "Yo, I want to fuck someone," and we're like, "Yeah, cool." Like it <laughs> just happens sometimes. Um. So Jughead has mobilized all the serpents to go look for the RV. Um. He invites Betty to come along, but Betty says, "No, I got to be weird and spy on uh Evelyn." And then she asked to borrow his camera, which really bothered me because then it reminds me um. That this takes place in the modern era, and they have smartphones. It, smartphone, why would you... Smartphones with really good, high-quality, like... Yeah. Yeah. Why, why would you take his clunky... I'm positive film camera, because this is Jughead we're talking about. His clunky film camera to go take sneaky pictures that are going to look terrible, because you can't use flash, and you're using a shitty film camera. Uh, when you have your, like, 6,000 megapixel smartphone camera... Literally in your pocket, and it's so much smaller and easier to use. It really bothered me. I get, from a logistical standpoint, it's much more engaging to see a character holding a camera, taking snapshots, instead of holding a phone in front of their face. But uh, just from a story perspective, it really bothered me. (laughs) Maybe you shouldn't have said this in the modern era. Just a thought. Yeah, like, a lot of this show would make a little more sense if it was uh, set in, like, the 60s. Yeah. They just didn't want to have to deal with uh, the, like, lingo of of a dated show. So they wanted to have, like, modern dialogue, but then can't deal with modern technology disrupting their story. <laughs> anyway, uh, Kevin and Fangs are getting married, maybe? Mm. This is sad. I thought that, well, you know what? It might be an open relationship. I just think Sweet Pea deserves a, deserves a loving boyfriend. <laughs> I mean, girlfriend, too. Well, you know, it's whatever, but, yeah. you know, like... Sweepy just needs some. But uh, they're, everyone's dressed in white. All the people in the audience have 3D glasses on for some reason, and, and Kevin and Fangs are kneeling in front of Evelyn. And, and of course, everyone's singing the, the song from Heather's, Our Love is God, or whatever the song's called. Um, but basically, they're just trying to make this look as culty as possible, but also, I guess Kevin and Fangs are getting married. It seems like a marriage ceremony. Yeah. Also, why are they wearing 3D glasses? I don't, would like to know, but whatever. Um, yeah, we cut to, I'm guessing, the next afternoon? Who who can say? It's the next day, because it's not night anymore. Uh, we're mm. in Ar- Archie's boxing? Archie's gym, Archie's yeah. Archie's gym. Uh, okay. Okay. 
I feel like they just got a boxing set, and they're just like, nope, it's Archie's now. <laughs> but I mean, I think it's the same boxing set they've been using. They just tell you it's a different one now. I don't know why. I'm sure maybe maybe it'll come back. I don't know. But uh, Archie called her over here so they can talk about their relationship and figure this out, basically. Yeah. Or more more to the point, I guess, Archie uh, says, I, I get that maybe we started this because of kind of like dubious things, but I really like you. I think we should clean slate, start a relationship, and have a real relationship together. Which, and then they sing a song. <laughs> which is pretty mature. <laughs> which is... This episode is so emotionally mature compared to every other episode. It's just because they have the constraint of a musical. Yep. <laughs> if it, yep. The show would be over in like half a season if they just talked like now, this to each other. Jesse, as great as emotional maturity is, emotional maturity cannot stop a serial killer. No, no. But, but people talking to each other in a way that makes sense and is direct. Mm-hmm would maybe make finding the serial killer a lot easier. Maybe. I mean, it's no less realistic than these teens catching a serial killer the other way, so... Awesome. Josie's very attractive. She, they, they, they're both just very attractive people, and I'm glad that they have good they're chemistry together. People, yeah. And the song has fight for this, fight for me over and over again. I don't remember mm-hmm. liking this one. I feel like the well, only reason... Who they picked it because Archie's, you know, a fighter. Yeah. And also when he picks up he picks up Josie at the end, I'm just like, mm-hmm. she is so tiny compared to him. Yeah. <laughs> this actress is like five four on a good day. Yeah. So then <laughs> Oh my god, okay. This scene. Um yeah, so Betty takes a, a photo to Principal Weatherby and says, Look, clearly they are indoctrinating people with a religious ceremony which isn't illegal. Also, outside One. of school? Two, yes. Um, so, okay. Uh, but then it turns out Principal Weatherby uh, is actually part of the farm. And he says uh, he's read Edgar's writing and actually agrees with it and finds it fascinating or whatever. Wait, do we see Edgar in this episode? We do, at the very end. Okay, okay. That's what I, I was confused there. I wonder. I was a little confused. But yeah, I think we actually see Edgar. Yeah, we finally see Edgar. You know this. Oh, call back to Junkyard Steve. We're going back to Junkyard Steve. Woo! You know, I was going to say, because we're running, we're going to have this is going to be one of our longest episodes. Yeah. And it's because they pack so much in three scenes that they have extremely long singing get rest things. Right. I mean, they have, to get all the, they have to get all the story parts into the setup, and then they have a song to have a song for three minutes. Like, we have to talk about uh, each scene where they're actually talking for like six minutes to ten minutes, yeah, yeah. and then. So, uh, so, Jughead called Betty, said he's got a lead on the RV to meet her at Junkyard Steve's. Shout out to the king, we love Junkyard Steve. Um, this is insane. We've cut to Cheryl waking up. And the way she's posed on this bed is, is as if she were Sleeping Beauty or Snow White. Uh, you know, a classic fairy tale princess in the center of the bed, arms on her stomach, kind of uh, pose in this insane dress that does not look comfortable to sleep in. Um, but this is apparently just how she sleeps. <laughs> also, in a very unwieldy dress. Yeah, it looks heavy. It does not look comfortable to sleep in. Like, like the yeah, the fabric is pretty heavy. It also has a really yeah. long, uh, really long skirt that is very yeah. wide. Yeah. But uh, Tony has come with a cup of tea as a peace offering, and 
trying to give this relationship one more shot. And then, again, with the emotional maturity thing, uh, Tony asks Cheryl what love looks like in her family and then gets an answer to why Cheryl's been acting the way she has, which is that in her family it was all or nothing, pure adoration or distilled hate. You know, um, did she go to therapy? She did not. Cause, um, she's just been dealing with this on her own, which is <laughs> well, yeah, probably why she's like she is. Um, yeah, yeah. It's been so long because she kicked her mom out of the house. It's been so long that since we've dealt with Cheryl's fucked up family that I had actually legitimately forgotten. Like this girl has gone through a lot of like traumatic events uh, directly because of her family. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that would probably warp what love looks like to you and what kind of reassurances you need from someone uh, in a relationship. Yeah, and she. Th- this is just real mature because you'd be like, I felt like you're despairing on me once you. Yeah. And. Well, she she directly cited uh her brother, her twin, as like her source of light, and like it makes sense because they were super close because you know, they lived in a really gross and traumatic household, and so they were always together to protect each other. Um, and so she's trying to replace that figure with Tony, but of course Tony's her own person, um, and so she needs her own space. As is true of any healthy relationship, but Cheryl's relationships haven't been healthy, so she doesn't know that. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's just the scene, because they didn't have an accompanying song they could find. Um, just her being like, I'm not gone, it's not too late, maybe for us, let's give it another shot. Meanwhile, uh, Jughead has found the RV, and it's filled with labware uh, to make drugs, supposedly. It's a lot of flasks. Um... Oh, and we got some gas masks and, like, aprons over here on the corner. They left a lot of stuff in here when they moved, huh? Also, I... When did they have the American flag in the episode? No, that's, that's always been there. You've, you've just, even asked about I that I just before. noticed it last episode, though, I want to say. Yeah. Well, no, nah, it's been around. Okay. But, like, there's pictures still hung on the wall. The sofa is still here. There's a bunch of lamps and end tables. Did... They've moved, right? What? Because their RV got stolen, so they're not living in it. But you feel like they take their no pictures, at least. Yeah, like it just a weirdly large amount of stuff to leave in there. I, I guess the uh, Cooper house is furnished. I get. I'm assuming Alice didn't take any of that with her to the farm, so maybe that's why. Oh uh, yeah, you know what? I answered my own question. That probably is why, because I'm sure Alice Cooper's stuff is much nicer than the stuff they fit in an RV. Yeah. Uh, so they're probably like, we could spend time and effort on our motorcycles to move uh, this ugly couch, or we can use the much more expensive couch that Alice Cooper bought at one point and matches all the decor in there, and then we don't have to like pack other than our personal like clothes and stuff. Yeah. I, Never mind. I, that makes sense. I can see that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Jughead's really distraught for some reason. Um, I, 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 I don't know why, because like. You could just tell your dad, who's the sheriff, and then you'd get your RV back, and, you know, the drug lab would be destroyed. What What is the conundrum here, exactly, Jackhead? Yeah. Like... Um, but... Oh, go ahead, sorry. No, I... This whole plot is just... They could have cut it out completely, and nothing would have changed. Yeah, yeah it's just... I'm like, what, what is the issue here? <laughs> um, but instead, Betty starts singing uh, from the hit song 17 again, or 17, I forgot. But uh, just let's be normal, let's be kids, etc., etc. Yeah. Um, which, you know, that also fits for this scene where they're sitting in a drug lab that used to be his home. I, I guess this is confirmation that they're 17. <laughs> yeah, I guess. 
which I, there you go questions answered but like that they're but okay but they're supposed to be sophomores in the first season and like 17's generally like a senior thing maybe junior i mean it yeah i mean you could be 17 and a junior you can but like you'd have to have an early birthday yeah i don't know also i don't think this show wants you just to think too hard about it <laughs> yeah we haven't seen we have i don't think we've seen winter in this episode uh, this season have we right you've mentioned that yeah we haven't it's weird yeah because we saw winter in the first two I think that's why we don't have a winter to like dictate because like they started in because like what they started in summer they started because in summer. summer vacation was ending and Archie was going to jail. Yeah, so they I guess spring because they were doing SATs. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, because Archie was locked up for a long time, so I guess we just skipped winter entirely and don't worry about it. And now it's spring. This, oh my god, just this is just like who cares? There's so much. Okay, perfect. Just, uh, you know, Cheryl and Tony are singing, Jughead and Betty are singing, they're all in love, we get it. No. We're on to Pops, where 1940s music is playing. That's a little early for for Archie, isn't it? Yeah, a little no, bit. Archie's was a 50s. Archie's was a 50s thing. Yeah. But, you know. See, they're sitting at the diner, and Jughead's like, hmm, maybe we could steal it back while everyone's at the play. You don't have to steal it back if you know where it is. Just tell your dad, the sheriff, and he can come and confiscate it. Yeah. What is the problem? All of literally all of this could have been solved with a single call. Yeah, I mean, even if FP weren't the uh sheriff, he is still the legal owner of that RV. You could also just call your dad and he could come with his keys and drive the RV away. Or or even better, uh just like just tell someone where it's at. Just sounds. It doesn't even need yeah. to be your dad. It could be Literally, your serpents. Yeah. You know the gig that you rule, <laughs> serpent king. Like I don't. <sighs> he's so dumb in this season. Well, he's so dumb always, but you know. Yeah. Um. The the end result of this conversation in this scene is eventually they're going to leave right before the uh play to go torch their RV. Which I guess solves... You could also have just destroyed all the drug-making stuff inside the RV. You know, all that glass. You could have just broken all that glass and, like, flushed all their pharmaceuticals. And then they also wouldn't have a drug lab and you'd still have your old home. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Well, I mean, I think the burning was supposed to be, like, a symbolic, like, you know, letting go of that part of their life. Because they are a completely different part of their life now. I, I guess. Um, so Veronica has gone to visit her father at the five seasons, um, and try to get him back together with his, her mom, I guess. But, uh, he thinks Veronica was in on the scheme. Shout out to the oil painting he took with him. I love that he kept that. Um, but basically he walks off and says, uh, you're both dead to me. Which is, you know, that's pretty straight forward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Up and down. Uh, and then Veronica gets to do a solo about being lonely and you know kevin's like i was gonna tell you to you know channel loneliness but extreme loneliness but it seems like you're already there so just take it away and then she sings you know a sad song about being isolated and alone oh no i'm so sad and isolated and alone this has no bearing she does a good job yep (laughs) um and then we cut to i guess after her solo uh she has both her parents meet her at the speakeasy 
She says, don't worry, this isn't a parent trap thing, which is funny. Um, but then gives them both tickets to the musical and asks them to go together one last time to see her perform. Yeah, which I think is a um, reasonable request. That's yeah, that's fine. You know, they they apparently are working really hard on this this uh, play that they right are getting right the first time. Yeah, what is the timeline for for this episode? Did this episode cover like a month's worth of time. Because you need time to rehearse a musical. I hope it is, because honestly, I kind of want them to, like, just, like, get done with this season already. I'm, I'm kind of getting a little, uh, a little bored right now. And, like, this, if this is the, uh, semester's musical, it won't take place in, like, the last two months of the semester. No, that... You spend all the time before that prepping. The, yeah, no, you... Yeah, you would be working on it for most of it. It might come out, like, maybe a month. Maybe the last month yeah. you're in. If it's the last semester, I think it'd be a little earlier because, you know, you've got graduation stuff and it's seniors, so it's, you know, skip days and stuff. Yeah. Uh, This scene doesn't do anything, I don't think. I don't care about this. Uh, FP fought a tweaker. Yeah, I guess it was to just remind you. No, it was to say oh, that, that Fizzle this Rock. Is, this is... is yeah, this is this is where Jughead decides internally that he's gonna burn down the RV, and so he and Betty leave ahead of his parents. Yeah, because Fizzle Rock is uh, right on the street. The tweaker was on Fizzle Rock. Yeah, it's back, baby, in a big way. Well, they they say the candy store is open. Yeah, which is, of course, which is a totally normal thing that adults would say. I mean, to be fair, they were like Jingle Jangle and you know Fizzle Rocks yeah. are both <laughs> just candy. <laughs> And her parents did show up together, so, you know, good good for the you, Veronica. You did it. You did it. Uh, Tony and Cheryl are back together. Oh, I didn't catch the significance of that, but uh, Cheryl said, because Cheryl used Tony to blot her lipstick afterwards and with a kiss, which is cute. But she said, that Carla looks great on you. We should get you your own tube. Which is a big thing for Cheryl, because that means Cheryl's trying to share her signature color with Tony and saying she can wear it. Yeah, they're practically married right now. Right. I mean, lesbians, am I right? <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, you know what? They're the... Tony is the definition of a U-Haul lesbian. <laughs> God, you're, they did move in together after like Almost two weeks. Almost immediately. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, All right, lesbians. Um, yeah, this is an insane thing that happens. Um, so... Uh, Jughead and Betty show up a little late because you know they were committing arson, um, and then Betty's like, "I'll I'll tell you your lines on the way to makeup or whatever." And Jughead's like, "What are you talking about? I'm in the backstage." And Betty says, "This is a last minute change. Kevin wants everyone in on the final number as a big symbolic statement thing." Uh, one fucking insane because there's choreography to the chorus line as well. So insane that you made this man learn a song uh, with, like, a solo line and choreography in the ten minutes before Curtain. Well, to be fair, it looks like only five of them knew the choreo in the first place. That was the other thing I was going to mention. There's only, like, eight people on stage. You did not invite the rest of tech. You did not invite craft services. That is not everybody, Kevin. Well, everyone Kevin that Keller, matters to him. You are a him. liar. Right, yeah. Yeah. It's just the director's friends. Yeah, there's like 12 people on stage. I don't see a tech crew in sight. No one's wearing black. Did we, have we seen Veronica wear that 
top before the the blazer that I don't believe so because this is also supposed to be her uh, costume for the musical. I could have swore we saw her in something. I might. I'm sure something similar because again these costumes are for a high school musical and they're high schools on a t- high schoolers on a TV show so the wardrobe's already very similar but I don't believe we have. Shout out to Betty and Jughead for stopping at Pops for like some drinks. Uh, on their way to commit arson, that's appropriate. You know, you I, I, you know, this, I like it. You know, this scene yeah, actually. No, I wasn't being sarcastic. Yeah, that, I, I agree with that choice. Yeah, and and I want to say that this scene, uh, mm-hmm. feels so Riverdale. <laughs> 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 like, like if I was to show a scene why I like Riverdale so much, I would probably show that scene. I would show the uh, epic highs and lows of high school mm, football. Okay. Well, that one would be like the dynamic of it. The epic's high. Mm, yeah. No, that one's a pretty good one. Yeah. I'm obsessed with that. I don't know. Everyone uh, Everyone seems like the I'm weird, I'm a weirdo one. But that's not that's not Riverdale. That could be on like a Gossip Girl <laughs> or something. Hey, man. Gossip Girl walked so Riverdale could run. You know, I'm proud. And hopefully Riverdale, uh, apparently Riverdale ran so Nancy Drew could drive itself off of a cliff. So. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm, and I'm hoping the Powerpuff Girls show is even even worse than this. Uh, all I've wanted for so long is a superhero show in the style of Riverdale. I just want it so badly. Like, it is... Titan should have been given to Berlanti. Is oh, all I'm saying. okay. That's a cute shirt that uh, mm-hmm. sweater that uh, Betty is wearing. Yeah. Um, she's wearing a, a gray shirt with a little crown on it. The classic Jughead crown on it. Yeah. Yeah, it's cute. They also all took off their jackets. Uh, in the mid-song break for some reason. And Jughead, Jughead's wearing a classic S shirt. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they do a really weird dance break that's not very in sync or good. It looks like also that um, Cheryl just—it almost looks like Cheryl's wearing a bralette up uh-huh. there. Like, I mean, it's Cheryl. She can. Oh, uh, she, she can. Almost. Uh, this looks. This choreo looks very much like um, what if you asked a bunch of seventeen-year-olds to sing and dance in their room? Yeah, it no, it, it's like. very like white, uh, white person shimmy. And then this gets weird. Uh, one person who looked a lot like Steve Amell so much that I had to stop oh, and look him up. Yes. It's not Steve Amell. It it looks like Steve Amell. He doesn't have stride. Uh, he isn't uh, quite as broody. God, could you imagine if Stephen Amell, aka the Arrow, were the cult leader of? The, that'd be so good. Well, to be actually, this would have came out after Arrow would have ended officially. So, oh, really? Yeah, I didn't realize Arrow was even over. Yeah, it's been over for a little while. Okay. It ended cool. on the. Uh, no, it ended on the previous. The previous big crossover they had live like a couple mm. of years ago. Right, he right, was right, yeah. in the Crisis of Vincent Earth one. But mm-hmm. not as him, as like the the Finch, as like Spectre, right, right. Um, but this uh, generically handsome white man stands up with uh, what you think is a slow clap, um, but instead of you know dissolving into actual applause, he just keeps clapping rhythmically, and then other people begin to stand up, also clapping rhythmically. It's very weird. But Evelyn says, "I knew my dad would like it," and that's when we connect that that is the mysterious Edgar Evanaver, and all the people standing up are wearing like beige or white. And again, all clapping in unison instead of applauding. It's a significant amount of the crowd. Uh, maybe like 30 or 
I mean, like, the farm clearly is, like, just rolling over this town that is just desperate for any yeah. good to happen. Yeah. Uh, and that is the the stinger we end on. You know, they've been bad at the stingers lately. Like, they, they should have ended with the uh, burning. Yeah. Eh, yeah. They should have ended with burning. Yeah, like it, like like they get close to a good stinger, but not like I feel like the season one stingers and season two were like a lot better. But also, um, we're definitely in the chick era of this. Yep. Um, very little is happening with the actual main focus of the of the um, of what's going on. It feels like they're transitioning over to the farm as being the big bad. But, like, they're not making enough steps yeah, to make this, that obvious. This, I mean, this is, like, literally when they thought they caught the Black Hood midway through Season 2. And then things just kind of spun for a while. Except they didn't even catch the Gargoyle King. They just stopped. Yeah. Oh, I guess they destroyed Hiram's drug lab. That's where all the fizzle rock was coming from. Um. So, like, yeah, things are just sort of spinning in place because they haven't geared into the next, like, thing or the reveal that it's not all over. Yeah, like, uh, like, cause we're we're not that far from the end of this season. We're on like what episode sixteen now, seventeen. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, like there's, like there's like six more episodes, and like, yeah, I don't know I what their plot th- they're going to. I gonna think go for. the introdu- introduction of Edgar is what's going to kick it off again. I I'm hoping it speeds back. I'm Edgar. hoping so too, cause it's like I don't hate what they're doing there are like little things here and there that are like Mm -hmm. chef kiss like you know Mm -hmm. like reggie like definitely questioning his sexuality right now and trying so hard um you know and other stuff like that but like it's just i don't know it doesn't have that that doesn't have that you know that that juge i want (laughs) you know like no one hasn't almost been killed and they're perfectly fine the next episode because like right. you know they're a main character so we're gonna yeah, a little slow burn on the on the murder this time yeah but uh jesse do you have anything you'd like to recommend to our audience yes there is a um reality competition show called masters of metal which i talked about da- with daniel a little bit uh just before this um it is very fun uh, they're basically a bunch of metal workers and not just like it's technical like artists and like you know all sorts all different ages like and all that stuff and it's just really well done i like the i like it more than blown away because the judging seems to be a little less focused on opinion and more more based off of like skill and whatnot um i I've only like three episodes in. I do feel like they started with too few people, but I think there's only like six episodes. I want to say maybe seven, but I hope it gets a second season with more episodes and more people in it because it's been real fun. I liked all the people that's been in it. I haven't. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just fun. I've, I watched three episodes before this, uh, before we started recording this and I'm going to watch more after. So nice. Uh, I'll recommend, um, what have I been watching? Uh, I recommend Dark Side of the Ring, I guess. It's a Vice docuseries on Hulu, um, exploring, uh, tragic and dark aspects of professional wrestling. Oh. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, so, I thought at first that it was going to be a Vice article on Hulu exposing them. <laughs> but, but no. Oh, no, sorry. I, I see how... You could have read my words that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, but it just goes over, um, you know, 
bunch of the big names that have had tragic ends. Um, and it's a funny, kind of funny docuseries because the end reason is always just Vince McMahon every single time. Yeah, like if you dive into like almost anyone in wrestling who's gone through at least WWE in the last 30 years mm-hmm. or 40 years, um, it's like Vince McMahon sucks and uh, yeah. this is why they're broken. Yeah. So, um, but you know, as someone who actually has no knowledge of professional wrestling, uh, I've been entertained. So, you know, if you maybe want to learn a bit more about some iconic professional wrestlers and, um, don't want to have to sit through three hour matches, here you go. You can learn some stuff and then pretend like, you know what you're talking about, uh, when people talk about wrestling. Oh yeah. The Montreal screw job, right? Bret Hart. Not cool. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, that sounds like something I would watch. Yeah. Um, so. uh, and then I'll also plug, uh, very briefly, the half of it, because you reminded me of it uh, earlier before we started recording. Good movie. Uh, not new. It's on Netflix, but uh, I should rewatch it at some point because I liked it a lot. The the half of it uh, is... Oh, it's on Netflix? Is it? Okay. Yes. Uh, it's the half of it. It's uh, the second film by Alice Wu, I think her name is. Um, it is about... A Chinese girl in like Maine, or I guess they don't say where it is, but either the Pacific Northwest or the Northeast, uh, one of those you know foresty, wet places, uh, who's in a tiny town full of white people, um, and she falls in love with a girl, uh, but then this guy also likes that girl and uh, asks her for help writing her letters because. The main character is very smart and he's real dumb. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cute. No. Yeah. It's like this weird love triangle thing, which is. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I wanted to watch that and I did not watch it. Yeah. So. Um, as always, my my main issue with it is I think the pacing gets a little weird. It's not always hit correct, um, but it just it. There's some something about that movie that like just leaves it sitting in me after I watched it. Um, and I have a great fondness for it, so there you go. Yeah. Okay. Um, with all of that, I believe it is uh, my turn. No, it's my turn. Think? It's my. It's turn. your turn. Oh, right. turn. take it away, Jesse. I'm sorry to step on your toes. Um. Hey, hey, Daniel. I know I invited you into this threesome at uh, this very public uh-huh. place. I'm very excited I know, about this. I know. I'm, but uh, I just uh, thought about my ex, so uh, we gotta just. I'm sorry. Uh, I hope you like the other person, but yeah. Bye. This is me looking at the other person. Eh? <laughs> Alright, bye. Stop. I dropped out in the fourth grade to run drugs to support my nano. That means you haven't known the triumphs and defeats, the epic highs and lows of high school football. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Get my pretty name out of your mouth. Well, you're not the same with or without.